Atena Tato Katoa Ehui Mainai Itenera. Greetings to all of you who have gathered here today and welcome to our third web conference for Getting Around the Field Trip, your options for a sustainable future. Before I introduce you to our guests this morning and get underway with our questions, I'll begin with a karakia. Umuhia te pō, te pō mirimarana. Tomakia te ao, te ao, pati tangata. Tātai ki runga, tātai ki raro, tātai alvarau. Umuhia, huia, taikia. So I'm Andrew the Learns teacher and as I said before, this is our third field web conference for getting around during Road Safety Week. And this morning we've got Jeremy from Wakakotahi, New Zealand Transport Agency. And Jeremy, you are a manager for behaviour and choice, is that correct? That is indeed correct, and it's a pleasure would, to be here. Well, thanks very much for your time. And would you like to tell us a bit more about what a manager for behaviour and choice at Waka Kotahi does? Yeah, sure. Um, so I manage a team of uh, three specialists in uh, customer behaviour or the behaviour of the public in transport. And we advise on all sorts of things all across Waka Kotahi where uh, there are questions or answers needed about uh, why people choose to do the things that they do every day as they move around uh, New Zealand. Uh, so it's everything from road safety to um, how do we get people walking and cycling safely to catching the bus um, to how do we get them to get their licenses and um, how to follow the regulations on things like uh, their vehicles or trucks and things like that. So people are a big part of the transport system and uh, we are here to help figure out how to meet, meet their needs every day. Well, it sounds like a very challenging role because we've all got such diverse needs and we're such a diverse range of people with different motivations behind the reasons why we travel mm -hmm. uh, and the way we travel. Uh, so what are... What are some of the key motivations behind people's transport choices? So if we're thinking about how we travel, the transport modes, um, first of all, what have you found through your work to be some of those, the key motivations behind, behind firstly, what we choose, how we choose to travel, and, and I guess that behaviour within that mode of transport? Mm -hmm. So quite a big question, but yeah, I'll follow on. Yeah, I guess I always like to um, just kind of make it clear in people's minds what we mean by behaviour and, and choices. And the best way to think about that is if you imagine looking out your window right now at the street outside, what might you see people do? So uh, you would see them in, um, they'd be going somewhere. So they'd be moving around, apparently purposefully, so they want to get somewhere. Um, they'd, they'll be using something to get around. So it might be um, a car or a bus. Uh, they might be on a bike or an e-bike or an e-scooter. Um, they might be in a wheelchair. They might be on crutches um, or they might just be walking along the, the side of the street. Um, then they're making decisions about how they move around as well. So people, how fast they're trying to get places, so the speed they're going, how quickly they're trying to get there, um, how they speed up and slow down and how they turn and move around in the street. So all those things are kind of part, part of what we're thinking about when we think about behavior. And those, all of those things are constantly changing. So if you looked out your, out your window at the street now or in an hour or in two days, you might see something quite different depending on what the, the circumstances were and who happened to be out there at the time. So what affects all of those things? So um, I've got no, a list of nine big kind of 
things that kind of affect um, those, those things. The first is the purpose. So what's actually motivating somebody to get out there and move around? So um, the, the a big one is work. So a lot of people have to travel to get to work. Um, so uh, they might be going to an office building. They might be going to a, um, a farm. They might be going to a, a forestry, location of forestry or agriculture. They could be going for all sorts of reasons. Um, and sometimes they're place of work is the destination. And sometimes people are traveling for work because travel is the work itself. So if you're a bus driver or a truck driver or a courier or a taxi driver, so there's lots of different reasons for, uh, from a perspective of work that people travel. Uh, secondly, uh, under that kind of motivations of purpose is um, if we go with traveling for education. So you're going to get to school, you're going to meet a coach or a, you know, a mentor you're trying to reach university, uh, all those sorts of reasons around trying to learn something. Of course, people also travel for fun. Uh, so you, you might go you know, for a holiday, for leisure, go to an event, um, lots of different reasons that you can be traveling for fun and traveling itself can be fun. Of course, you could go for a bike ride to enjoy yourself and get some fresh air. Uh, and then there are all the other reasons that come along with just life. So maybe you go to the doctor, you go into the shop, you're seeing your family and friends. So all those kind of factors come into it. So um, all of those drive, all those purposes drive different choices that people make about what um, mode they choose, how quickly they need to get there, um, and all that, that sort of stuff. So that's the purpose one. That's the first. The second is cost. So cost is a really important thing in mm. choices. So how costly is it to uh, get from A to B? So um, is there a bus available to you? Can you walk there? Can you cycle there? What sort of bike could you afford if you um, did want to bike there? What sort of car can you afford? Um, what sort of petrol do you need to put into it? Um, all those things come into everyday decisions about how people choose to move around. Uh, the third one is how soon do you need to get there? So um, I need to go to Wellington from time to time. I'm in Auckland right now. Um, if I had two months spare, I could probably walk to Wellington, but I don't often have two months to spare. Um, although there are people who choose uh, to walk the TRO Trail, which is the length of New Zealand. It takes about three or four months. Uh, but most of the time we want to get there a bit quicker than that. Um, and that comes down to uh, you know, what you can afford and what options are available. So if you want to get somewhere really quickly, you might choose to fly in a plane or you'll drive in a car or you'll catch the bus. So time comes into it. The distance as well comes into it. So how close by is the reason that you're traveling? Um, and you know, if it's close enough to walk, people often will choose to walk. But if it's perhaps across the city um, or if it's perhaps in an adjacent region, you'll, you'll need to drive or take a car or, or a bus. Uh, the next one is, uh, the fifth one is safety. So how, how safe um, are you likely to be in your choice? A lot of the time people feel like they uh, want to take the safest option because they're afraid of being harmed, right? So if you think about um, where you might want to cross the road, the best places to cross the road are at pedestrian crossings or tra at traffic lights because that's the safest place to cross. So that affects where people and how people move around is that feeling of safety. Um, similar to that is security. So do you feel like um, you are going to remain safe if you're on your own out in public? Um, so that affects how people move around. So for example, um, with public transport, if you have to wait on the side of the road in a dark corner before getting on the bus, you might not want to choose to do that and you might want to get on, the, on, on a train instead or a bus or catch a taxi. 
The seventh one is convenience. So how really easy is it to use mm. something? And this is something that technology is really changing. So um, we now have options available to us right there in our hands on our phones to get places, to have things delivered to us. And that's really changing the way people interact and, use, and get around in our country um, and how people access services and, and things. And so convenience can play a big role in affecting what cho choices people make. The eighth one, and one of the most important, and I'm leaving the most, probably the most important two for last, is, is your personal ability. Um, so yeah. are you able to, um, you know, uh, do you have any kind of disability? Uh, do, do, are you able to walk? You know, are, you, are you fully sighted? Can you hear? All of those kinds of dimensions, which are really, really important for us to consider when we're designing the transport system to make sure that it's accessible for everyone um, and uh, no matter what your personal circumstances are. Um, and then the flip side of that, um, and it's more of a personal choice, but what sort of risks are you prepared to take? So are you, are you prepared to take chances? And this is a very important one for us at Waka Kotahi because some people take chances that they shouldn't take. Mm. So they take chances with going too fast or driving when they're tired or driving when they're impaired and when they shouldn't be. And so uh, the, what's considered to be okay changes over time and we work very hard to make sure that people make safe choices and don't take risks they shouldn't take and so different people have a different sense of what risks are okay and we try to make sure that everyone is taking um, only very safe choices uh, in their everyday lives so those are the kind of nine areas they're pretty it's quite a long list but uh, there are lots of factors that affect uh, people's choices that was a really really good overview of of you know, transport, why, because I don't often think, you know, of what other people are doing. I've got, you, you're right, there's so many, all these different reasons. I might be, I work from home, but I might be going somewhere for work, for pleasure, for leisure, for fun, holiday, all that sort of thing. Um, so you, <laughs> your role must be, there's so many variables uh, mm -hmm. involved in transport. So within your role, uh, considering all of those variables, how, how do you how do you sort of what, what do you what do you focus on? What are your key aims in terms of your role? Considering there's so many variables yeah. and so much variety of, yeah. of transport. So we tend to focus in those uh, last two areas in, in terms of accessibility and in uh, risk taking. So uh, a lot of the other things that I talked about, cost and travel time and, um, and the like, those are, we've got pretty good practices as a industry and agency for understanding those and how they might change over time. Uh, but in risk taking um, and in um, designing a system that's fair and equitable for everyone, we have to do a lot more work to figure out how to make that, um, you know, the, the very best it can be for New Zealand. And so, uh, we tend to focus on really tricky issues where we don't know the solution yet or we don't know really what the problem is just yet. Uh, and we apply um, you know, the very best uh, knowledge, scientific knowledge to tackle those problems. And they usually require a very sound understanding of the pro what, what's the real problem that we're trying to address. And so we use um, a lot of data collection to figure that out. Uh, we do a lot of research. Um, and then when we're trying to figure out what's the right way to um, solve a problem, uh, we uh, again do a lot of research to look at what's, 
being done around the world to address that thing. Um, and we also make sure that we're uh, measuring and monitoring the effectiveness of something to make sure it is the right way to solve it. So an example of this is um, if you uh, move around New Zealand at the moment, uh, anywhere in the country at any time, when there's somebody working in, on the road or in the road environment, there'll be lots of orange cones and orange vests uh, and there'll be people working to keep it safe between the, the traffic and uh, the, pu the public and the construction workers. And so uh, this is an area that, uh, you know, there's quite a high risk of harm to occur either to the workers or to the public because it's, it's changing, it's dynamic, it's often quite, um, you know, there's, there's construction workers with holes being dug or trees being felled or whatever the case may be. So we've got to work really hard to make that safe. And so, you know, we've been doing work looking at how do we uh, measure and monitor what's going on at those sites? And what does that tell us about the risks of harm? And what does that tell us about how we should be changing the practice, improving the way we manage those sites uh, and how we should be training our, our staff that are out there working um, and what messages we should be giving to the public about what they should be doing as they move through those sites. So we take quite a scientific approach to the problems that we've brought uh, and they tend to be quite novel, complex, um, you know, tricky issues that we're asked to, to look into. You've mentioned a couple of times the idea of, you know, th things changing such as uh, new technology coming into play. What are, what are some of the um, influences that are around that, are, that you see are going to influence, uh, going to affect our, our travel choices and behaviour in the future? Yeah. Well, I mean, technology, you know, is, is the big one. I mean, the information technology is really changing the way we access, um, you know, services in our communities, um, the way we uh, talk and communicate with each other. Uh, the fact that we're on a video conference right now has meant that I didn't need to travel somewhere to meet with you today. Um, and so that's having a big impact um, and it's going to have an increasing impact over time on um, the travel patterns that we see out there. And um, so that, that's one dimension. Um, I think everyone will remember this year what it was like during lockdown. Um, you know, so unexpected events can come along and they can really change what's happening in, in transport. And, um, you know, we saw streets that were really quiet. There was very little traffic on those uh, because everyone was staying home. And that had quite a big impact on what we were doing at the transport agency. It affects, um, you know, what sorts of things we need to fund. It's, it affects what sorts of services we need to keep going. Uh, so, for instance, bus services were an important part of um, uh, the essential services that were, were out there. So, these unexpected events are an important thing that we need to always be planning for. Uh, and, you know, a pandemic might be one, but there could be other types of unexpected events that we need to, to respond to. So, technology, those kind of events like that. Um, over time, um, you know, there are uh, changes in our economy. So, um, you know, what people are traveling to for work changes quite a lot over time. Uh, I think New Zealand is increasingly becoming a, uh, we're a highly educated country, a lot of uh, jobs which are in the knowledge economy. That affects what type of travel people need to do. 
uh, in comparison to say something like a uh, an extractive industry, say like um, mining, where you would need to have lots and lots of material pulled out of a location and put onto a boat and sent overseas. That's got quite a different, um, you know, a, an impact on uh, the transport system. So that kind of change in the, the economy is a big one that we're watching over time. Uh, the last, the last one I'd like to mention there is um, geography. I mean, New Zealand, uh, you know, it might feel like it doesn't change very quickly, but if you zoom out a hundred years and look back at where people have been living in New Zealand and how that's changed over time, uh, you know, Auckland is by far our largest city now. Um, it certainly wasn't that way a hundred years ago, um, and who knows where New Zealanders are going to want to live in another hundred years' time. Um, across our country, uh, you know, it's likely that Auckland will still be a big city, but um, we, we may not be able to live in certain places. Yeah, we may not be able to. Yeah, um, and so you know, climate change is obviously a big driver as well, and so we're starting to think about how we respond to um, climate change, both in terms of what that means for the types of um, things that we want to see happen that to, that create emissions. So we want to help mitigate the chances of climate change, but we also want to find ways to um, uh, manage its effects. Because even if we uh, reduce our emissions, we're still going to have some effect of, from climate change um, that we're going to need to uh, manage. And if that means changes to you know, rainfall, uh, changes to things like um, you know, uh, climate in parts of the country, those could all affect what sort of transport demand there is or what sort of choices people are making. So we'll have to be thinking about that in the long term too. Yeah, I mean, I had a question down here. Does, does transport need to change? Um, well, it's just it just does just simply because of the nature of mm. of change, uh, how we work, how we play the technology. So it just it's just constantly evolving. Can you? I know it's sort of difficult to crystal ball gaze, but you know, can you can you sort of give us an overview of how you would see a transport system, say in a city, um, given given some of these changes that are happening now. So if you're sort of looking looking ahead in the near and maybe even the distant future, how that might look? Yeah, uh, so I guess there, there's two different uh, ways to look at that is um, what, what would happen if we took no action and we let the world wash over us and change wash over us and the opposite is, what if we chose what we wanted for our transport system and, and for our society? And it's always a mix of both, right? Mm. Um, I think that it's inevitable that technology is going to have a big impact on transport. I think that um, that's one of the things that there's almost total consensus in the transport industry that technology is something that we're going to have to grapple with and it's going to be disruptful. So what that means is um, new types of vehicles. Uh, you know, we've seen the advent of e-scooters recently in, in recent years. Uh, E-bikes are becoming far more econom economical and cheaper. Um, E-vehicles, e so um, electric vehicles, they're becoming much more popular. Um, the way in which they uh, move around cities differs quite a lot from uh, internal combustion uh, vehicles. So for example, they're a lot quieter. Um, so that has an effect on um, you know, the, the environment positively, but po possibly also negatively on, on safety uh, because people aren't aware of them. 
as much. Um, so technology is definitely having a big impact. Um, I think uh, there's a growing acknowledgement of the uh, need to uh, think about how transport affects our, the health of New Zealanders. And uh, we're thinking much more than we used to about how to create healthy streets, healthy places in which people can feel safer, secure, and use them for healthier choices. So we would like to see a lot more walking and cycling in New Zealand. Uh, we think there's a huge opportunity to get people out of their cars and into, you know, to be into what we call active modes. Because uh, it's so good for your health. It's really good for your, your, um, your, you know, your fitness and your mindset to, um, to use your body for, for moving around. And if you have to move around for work or for education, why not add some exercise in at the same time? So I think we're, we're, that's definitely something that we're looking to, um, to, to realise. The other one is um, our, our cities are changing and they're becoming um, uh, denser. People are tending long-term to want to live closer together. Um, that's because uh, you get a lot of benefits from living close by to other people. Um, and so uh, you can't keep... Uh, meeting transport needs with cars in, in, in cities. So public transport is becoming a, a bigger and bigger part um, of our transport strategies about how we meet the needs of uh, people moving around. Because um, if you look at it, how many, how many people can you fit in cars compared to the same amount of space given to a bus? It's about, two, it's about eight people in two cars versus 50 people in one bus. And so it's just, a, it's just a matter of space when it boils down to it. So um, technology, you know, healthier streets and um, thinking about how we meet those kind of uh, needs in the cities with public transport are definitely three of the big things that are um, on our, in our vision, if you like, for the future of transport in New Zealand. Um, that's, uh, of course, um, you know, we're a government agency and we, we uh, you know, act at the uh, discretion of the government and the will of the, the people of New Zealand. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, you know, about the role of, of government and, um, you know, what, what role does it play in, in our transport choices? Yeah, so, I mean, so we, at the moment, that's the, 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 what I've described is um, a good summary of kind of the policy that, that um, the government has had over the last three years. Um, I think there is growing acknowledgement because the evidence is so strong that, um, technology, that cities are changing and the active modes are so important to public health. There's growing acknowledgement that that's going to be part of the policy picture across any government um, in the future. Um, now, I think the role of government, um, you know, I talked earlier about risk taking. Often a, a very important focus of government is to um, you know, protect the community from like risk taking when it's going to harm people. And so impaired dr people driving on drugs or alcohol or when they're too tired, you know, taking risks is, uh, or if they're speeding too much, that's something that we're always very concerned about because we don't want to see people be being harmed on the transport system, but it happens sadly, and we focus constantly on that. So that's kind of one of the key roles. The, uh, another is um, uh, we invest. So we, we collect, um, uh, essentially taxes through uh, petrol um, uh, fuel excise duty and also through what's called road user charges which are um, diesel vehicles uh, they uh, are required to pay fuel uh, 
uh, road user charges. So we collect that money and then we uh, invest it back into the transport system. So we find ways to spend that money so that it gives back to the community. Um, and so we invest in new roads, we invest in public transport, uh, we invest in all kinds of services that make sure that the transport system is meeting the community's needs. So we're, we're quite lucky in New Zealand that we have the collection of money from use of the transport system goes back into um, what we're spending in the transport system to make sure it works for everyone. So that's quite a good, quite a nice little role that we play. Um, it's quite uh, quite neat and tidy, and also it feels good to make use of um, community money for its benefit, for the benefit of New Zealand. Well, Jeremy, you've, you've highlighted, I guess, at least that transport is a massive topic uh, that's constantly changing and evolving. The, the, the future is actually quite exciting from, from what, I can, what mm. I can gather, particularly from this entire field that, that we've been involved in, not only from the fact that we're looking at in increasing people's use of, of active modes of transport, but also those sustainable modes of transport. So we're looking at, you know, what's exciting is that there's a future which is going to give benefits health-wise to us not only because we're being more active in our way of getting from A to B, but the fact that we're, we're not, you know, creating so many um, carbon emissions um, mm. from cars. And also, uh, you know, coming at it from a safety perspective, you know, with these changes, you know, it's really great to see that, um, you know, Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport is, is really focused on that. And, um, you know, that's exciting too, to think that we're going to have, a transport system that really, really caters to that safety aspect. So that's really exciting as well. So much to think about. Um, I'm happy to leave it there if, um, if, if you are, because there's probably more than enough for students to think about and discuss um, from this conversation. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. For yeah, well, me. thank you very much. And, and if you have made it this far on the web conference and you've been watching and listening to Jeremy, um, definitely some great things to discuss and make sure you go onto the website uh, students as well and check out the Google Earth tour for videos and the images and other bits and pieces from the field trip. Thanks very much Jeremy, it brings our web conference to an end.